Hi, friend. I know these stories on the podcast are so encouraging to hear as you listen to others who have walked through unimaginable pain and, and found hope in it, and they've walked through it. But I also know that how to move forward can be the question that so many of you guys who are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, you're asking that question currently as you're walking through the valley. I know when I think about my own journey after losing my wife, Amanda, I wish that I'd had something practical, a guide to walk me through the pain and the process of healing, which is why we created the Pain to Purpose course. The Pain to Purpose course is truly a guide to help you remove the debris of crisis in your life and move forward with a renewed sense of victory and purpose. Hundreds have taken the course and found so much hope and healing in their own story. But I want you to listen to what Jera had to say about how the course helped her find her way out of anxiety and depression. I came in in a very low spot in my life. Um, I had, I was walking through depression. I was walking through a lot of anxiety. Um, that led me to some really poor decisions in my life that um, got me to the place where I thought I was no longer worthy to be used by God. In the course, I learned a lot of practical tips when I'm feeling unworthy or when I'm really low. First, I learned how to label all those feelings, and then I learned to say, no, this biblical truth is that God loves me, that I am purposeful, that He put me here for a reason, and I had to put that before my unworthiness that I was feeling. So if you're ready to take the next step in healing from whatever hurt you've walked through and want help in how to identify your pain and how to move forward, sign up now for the Pain to Purpose course by going to course.nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Sampson. And today I have a special guest co-host who you might remember if you've been listening to the show. Eric, welcome. Hey, it's good to be back with you. I... Um... I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so glad that you're here. Okay, Eric, for our listeners who may recognize your voice because they listen to your episode with Davey, can you just remind, and for those who don't know you, can you remind us who you are, why you're here, why are you here, bro? That's the question yeah, I'm asking. I'm asking myself that. <laughs> I find myself asking that question just about any place I go, you know, I'm standing true, right? <laughs> in the middle of a Walmart aisle, like, what? Why am I, why am I texting my wife? Like, what? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm Eric Shoemaker. Um, I'm a pastor in central Iowa. I've been married to Jenny for 25 years. I've got five kids. Um, I was interviewed by Davey on my book, uh, Ours, Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving Miscarriage. Which I have sent your book around to a couple people, Eric. So, mm, thank, thank you, you for writing that. Thank yeah. you. Yep. It's always encouraging to hear and sad to hear mm, because yeah. you know, it's one of those books where every time it makes a sale, somebody's having the worst day of their life. Mm, so, yeah. that that kind of sucks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm I'm sort of joining the team to do. Yeah, be, this is so fun. 
I'm on the interview schedule now, so I'll be doing some interviews, and they'll be hearing my voices. My voice, hopefully not voices. Hopefully not voices. It could get <laughs> yeah, weird. who knows? Yeah, that could get weird. It might end my stint on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, so fun. So Eric's officially a part of the team, and Davey's in Israel right now, so that's why the two of us, you'll hear our voices on the next a few episodes. And today's a really good one. As always, it's a good one. But today's really special. We have Kristen Weatherall. She's a wife, mother, writer. She has like three books, I think. Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood, Fight Your Fears, Trusting God's Character and Promises When You're Afraid, and then Hope When It Hurts, Biblical Reflections to Help You Grasp God's Purpose in Suffering. She's got kids' books. She's written for all kinds of organizations. She's here in the Chicagoland area, which is really fun. It's my neck of the woods. But I think why I'm particularly drawn to this conversation is because she has Lyme's disease and uh, chronic pain. I deal with chronic pain and uh, rheumatoid arthritis as a mom. And Mm. so battling through chronic pain... Any type of chronic pain or ongoing thing, she's got a lot to say. So I think our I think our listeners are going to love Davy's conversation with Kristen. Yeah, it's going to be good. As always, we'd love to invite you to find and follow us and engage with us on social media. We're at Nothing Is Wasted. You can go there to rate the podcast, help others find our inspiring stories as they walk through their own valleys. And I think um, Eric, let's just dive in to Davy's conversation with Kristen. On the other end of it, you and I will talk a little bit about the reality of parenting through chronic pain. Kristen, it's so great to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks, Davy. Joy to be here. It is such a it's such an honor to be able to spend some time even just now kind of hearing a little bit about you and your life and what you guys do and where you're from and just a little bit of your story even before we jumped on air. I would love for our community to just hear some of that initially. So just present day, and then we'll dive back yeah. into your story. What Where are you? What do you guys do? What does life look like for you guys? Sounds good. So I'm currently sitting in our bedroom in which last night I did not sleep well because I have a newborn baby. Well, she's not oh, a newborn, technically. No. She's an infant. <laughs> but um, no, we're, we're in the Chicagoland area. Uh, my husband is a pastor at the Orchard um, in Arlington Heights. Okay. And so we have the joy of serving there. We have three kids, um, Joanna, who's five and a half, John, who's almost three, and little Lydia, who was born mm. in January. So um, yes, I'm praying for the Lord to give me fresh words because my brain Man. is firing on little sleep today. I can only imagine. <laughs> brain fog is so real <sighs> with three three kids and then like a brand new little one. That's just, that'll do you That'll do you in right there, Kristen. Yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, we, we joke, um, you know, the, the season is just intense. That is yeah, the word to describe it, it. It's an intense season, but it's, oh, our cups just overflow. It we is. Are, we are joy. Oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, it's really cool. You've done a whole lot of writing. You've got several, you got a few books out there, but one of the ones that I really want to focus in on because it it has to do a lot with your story um, is Hope When It Hurts. And that's one that you've co-authored, but then you've got several other ones that you've authored yourself too. Um, That's right. And so you've got, you know, Humble Moms, which I think is really cool, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood, and Fight Your Fears. So we're kind of going to do a, like a sampling of all of these, I think, as we have this conversation, because I do feel like that they overlap quite a bit, especially when it comes to your story. Many people write out of the things that they've experienced. 
and you certainly have gone through quite a bit that um, this type of pain point for people can be very confusing and can also be extremely discouraging. And so why don't you share us, uh, with us a little bit about your journey and what, what exactly you were experiencing in some seasons of suffering and, and how that played into now how you minister to people. Yes, uh, God has been, um, you know, humbling me uh, through the the rerouting <laughs> of many many paths over the years. And the story probably starts in college. I studied uh, music theater at Illinois Wesleyan, and so hmm. the hope and the goal was to perform. I wanted to sing and act, and. Uh, at least tried to dance. I was never a dancer per se. <laughs> but um, after graduation, I moved to New York City just to see if that's what the Lord had for me. I figured if I don't go now, I never will. True. And yeah. at the time I was living in Hershey, Pennsylvania, performing at Hershey Park um, <laughs> and figured I'm three hours from the city. I'm just gonna go. So I did. And uh, back in college, the Lord uh, grew my love for his word through a not only campus ministries and really deep um, godly friendships, but through a, a theater theater person Bible study, which is what we called it, the theater person Bible study. And hmm. uh, my friend and I co-led it. And we, just, we would just pray that people would come and we would open the word and we would read about it and we would talk about it. Wow. It was pretty simple. And um, so I knew that I always loved the word yeah. and loved ministry, but I moved to New York anyway. And um, long story short, I was there for about a year. And over that year, a lot of doors were shut. And I think that's one way that we discern God's, God's leading and God's providences. Yeah. <laughs> doors opening and closing, yep, you know, opportunities right. or sure. no opportunities. And so I was working five jobs, you know, that were not in my field of interest simply to live and pay the rent. I um, was, you know, semi-connected to a local church, but even that was hard because some of the work had to be done on Sundays. Mm. Um, but none of the theater work was panning out. And on top of that, I think because of the stress of the city, on top of unknown factors, I was starting to experience a lot of chronic pain, mm. particularly in my joints um, and muscles. And it's a very physical city. It's a lot yeah. of walking, a lot of stairs. Um, unless you have the luxury of a car or something like yeah. that. So after about a year, I was I was just done. I'd been praying and asking God to give me clarity because I didn't want to give up if he wanted me to stick it out. Right. Um, but I also didn't, he had just been taking away and removing the desire to perform. Yeah. And I really don't think it was rooted in pure discouragement. You know, oh, nothing's working out. So I'm just going to give up. Yeah. I believe it was from him, um, just removing that desire. And about nine months in, I was walking home from the subway one day to our apartment. Um, I lived with two godly women who they were just my home while I was there. You know, I was 13 hours from home and these two godly women were my home there. So I'm walking home to them at the end of the day. Whew, thank you, God, we did another day. <laughs> and um, I don't know, just this phrase popped into my head, the identity project. Hmm. I was like, hmm, that's, that's weird. What is that? So I'm just walking and thinking about it. And um, I kind of realized, uh, I think I'm gonna start a blog and I think I'm gonna start processing um, what God is teaching me in his word okay. as an outlet yeah. to, to try and grapple with what he's doing 
hear? Right. Um, what, what does he want me to know about himself? And I didn't even know what it meant. I just kind of thought, I just think it's a blog. So I started a blog okay. and would open God's word every day, which is what I was doing anyway, and would think about it. And I would just write about it, just reflecting. Hmm. Not a big deal, just a meditation on it. Um, and I think my mom and my friend were reading it and that was about it. <laughs> As most of our but, blogs were back then, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but God uh, stirred in my heart a deep love for writing. Hmm that I did not know that I had. I was always that weirdo in college who liked writing research papers. Yeah. And um, in that way, I suppose writing kind of came naturally, but had never considered myself a writer, had never pursued that. But I just grew in love Mm. for communicating what I was seeing in scripture. Mm. And um, so that went on for several months. I ended up moving home. The Lord just led me to pack up and come home and um, kind of start over. You know, I moved yeah. back in with my parents. And um, because I knew that I loved ministry from back in my college days, I applied for everything. I mean, I applied for agents in Chicago, um, was still doing auditions. And at the same time was applying to work in churches. And I ended up getting um, a position at our current church, the Orchard, mm. as the assistant director of children's ministries. And it's where I met my husband. So God moved me over there. And, and at the same time, I was writing, um, just loving, continuing to reflect on the word and ended up pulling in a couple of my female friends to contribute to this blog that I yeah. had started. Right. Um, and long story short, uh, about a year and a half later, the Lord called me away from my current role at the church and into our media arm ministry. At the time, it was called Unlocking the Bible and um, into an editorial and web content position. Hmm. And so I kind of had to let my blog, you know, quote unquote, yeah. my blog go. Yeah. Um, but I got to lead the editorial side of UTB and the, oh, the cool. content there and a team of writers. And um, yeah, the rest just kind of feels like history. You know, the Lord just kept opening doors to write. And man, yeah, if he had not kind of squashed that one dream. Yeah that I thought I had and um, implanted in my heart a different dream, which ultimately is, you know, first Peter to proclaim his excellencies. That's kind of my yeah. mission statement. Yeah. Um, I just want Jesus to be made beautiful in people's eyes mm. and just want them to love him wow. and want his word um, to be at work in me, you know, and in others. Right. So I'm just right. so grateful. Wow. Well, so, you know, some of this, Many of us can can identify with the experience of okay, I'm pursuing a particular path or a dream, and it seems like it's met with a lot of resistance. And you know, you can hear a lot of things too that can begin to confuse you when it comes to that. You know, you can hear. I mean, I I'm sure you've the same way. I've sat in leadership talk after leadership talk after leadership talk that says. Well, if you know if it's worth doing, you're going to experience obstacles. You're going to experience resistance. You're going to experience. And you're like, well, that's true. Yes, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think you and I can both cite examples where we have we've done we've done what we what we know God is telling us to do, and there's a lot of resistance there. Right. But you're saying that in this particular time of your life, you recognize this was not resistance from let's say the enemy or, you know, this was actually, in some ways you feel like a, a God-ordained resistance to reroute you, right? Mm-hmm. How would you say you discerned that? I know you touched on a little bit, a little bit, you know, in terms of, 
open doors, closed doors, the providence of God. We're kind of discerning that. But, you know, someone who's sitting there kind of confused by, I don't know if I'm supposed to keep going down this route and pursuing this, or if I'm supposed to, because I'm like, all right, this is a test for me to prove the, you know, perseverance, or if this is a door shut, I need to, I need to ask God for a different route. Mm. What do you think? What, you know, as you're discerning that in your own life and in in other people's lives, what would you, what would you say? Yeah. Well, it's the classic question of what is God's will for my life? Yeah. Right. And that's, That's it's one that we all ask. And, you know, it's interesting that you asked this question, Davey, because I, I'm writing an, an article right now for the Gospel Coalition on uh, the new Elizabeth Elliott biography that's coming out. Oh, my gosh. Just a fascinating I woman. I had no idea there was a new biography coming out. I will be the oh, first one to pick that up. I'm it's so, I've always been so inspired by her story ever since I was 18 years old. And now, of course, you know mm. why I'm even more inspired yes. by her story, you know. But yes. anyways, sorry to cut oh, you'll you off. Love Go it. ahead. Not at all. No, you'll love it. It's, you know, it's 600 pages long, but worth every word because this woman has studied her for 10 years, <laughs> this wow. biographer. Anyway, um, that was a huge part of her story is trying huh. to understand, um, you know, the biblical way to talk about God's will. Wow. And a friend of hers said this, and I think it's spot on, and I think it's good advice. Her friend said, the will of God, Elizabeth, is not a tightrope. In other words, mm. you, can't, you can't fall off, hmm. right? And kind of like, oh, it's all up to me to make the right decision. Wow. And if I don't, I'm just gonna fall off and everything's ruined, you know? Yeah. Instead, I've heard it said that the will of God is more like a wide open field. Mm. And we have... Um, we have a fence, we have boundaries. You know, the word of God gives us so many good boundaries and and commands and wisdom. And yet we have freedom. Hmm. We have freedom to run around in that field and to make decisions and to fail. Um, because we know at the end of the day, King Jesus is on his throne and he's sovereign, which means he's completely and perfectly in control of everything. Yeah. Wow. And also that he's good. His control is not, um, well, just wait until that next shoe drops. I'm gonna get you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I love you and I have a purpose for you. And um, I want my glory to radiate through you. Mm. You are my people. And so um, I think we often confuse the two. I think we yeah. can feel so, uh, uh, what's the word? Restricted, afraid, um, worried about, yeah about falling off the tightrope. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm but, just sitting here thinking that's so liberating as I hear you say that. Mm, yeah. That there is so, a, a a level at which, well, of course, you know, this is part of God's grace, but there's a level at which where it's like, you know, especially if you are, if you have the right heart, you can't mess this up. Like right. God's gonna, God's gonna lead you and guide you where he wants to lead you and guide you. And one right. decision is not necessarily gonna mess up the ultimate will that God has for your life. Right. And so in answer to your question, how do we know? Um, I'll, I'll throw a little more Elizabeth Elliot at the listeners. Come on. But she, she often said, just do the next thing. That's good. Because I think we're trying to make decisions now based on the future a year from now. Yeah, <laughs> what, well, sure. what's What'll happen in a year if I make this decision now? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, don't. Mm-hmm. God's just asking you to be faithful, to do the next thing. Mm. And I think if we're if we're walking with him by abiding in him through his word, yeah. 
And the desire is to commune with God, to respond back to His Word in prayer. Mm. I don't think we need to be afraid that we're going to fall off that yeah, tightrope concept. You know, He will lead you. Um, is there spiritual opposition? Absolutely. You know, you mm. look at Jesus in the wilderness and <laughs> Satan's yep. there the whole time just trying to yeah. derail the trying mission derail that God has him on. That's right. Um, and I think it's helpful. That's another reason it's so helpful to be people of the word because then we mm. can start to recognize lies mm. and um, even even the temptations of the world. That's good. Um, I do think that open doors, closed doors, opportunities are another factor to consider. I think people's uh, wise people, <laughs> qualify yeah. with that, wise people speaking into our lives. That's why it's so important to be part of a church yeah, that's right. and to have peers as well as older saints walking with you and speaking into your life. Yeah. Um, you know, some vocations require a really clear sense of calling, I think, mm-hmm. and people can speak into that. You know, mm. uh, where has God gifted you? It's hard to be told you're not very good at that. <laughs> but boy, right. wouldn't I want to know that? Yeah. Before I step into it and spend years of my life, yeah, pursuing something that I'm maybe not gifted at. I think that that was honestly me for performing. I just think I wasn't that gifted at it, and the Lord, you know, just shut the doors. Um, so good. So where is your gifting, opportunity, gifting, uh, people's? you know, affirmation, speaking into your life, yeah. the word of God. I think all of these things will help us run in that field yeah. and feel freedom right. rather than fear. That's so good. Hey friend, I just want to take a quick moment to let you know about something we offer here at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Now listen, Nothing Is Wasted is not just this podcast that you've been enjoying, full of stories of hope and healing in the midst of difficult and painful valleys. We're also a ministry with unending resources that can help you move forward on your healing journey from whatever pain you've experienced in life. We've got the Pain to Purpose course, masterclasses, curated pathways around specific pain points, an online community, and so much more. But if you're just getting started on the path of healing and you're interested in learning more about how you can even begin to untangle your pain, I want to invite you to our free live five steps to taking back your story Zoom call. And I'll just be sharing some practical steps that you can take right here, right now to move from the hurt and trauma you've walked through and into deeper healing. You and I will be able to engage with each other. You'll be able to ask questions and learn what it looks like to start taking back your story. Now it's completely free, but it may just be the step that God uses to begin in you a journey of deeper hope and healing no matter what you faced. All you got to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. And join me as a first step to taking back your story, no matter what you've gone through. Now, listen, there is very real pain and loss that is threatening to keep you discouraged and despairing, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me give you some practical hope that I've learned in my own pain and suffering after losing my wife, Amanda, in 2015. I found that the only way out of despair is going right through it, and life is too short to stay in your pain. We don't want to waste this. So I want to invite you to join me for our next free live Zoom call by signing up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here and let the healing journey begin in your life. Nothingiswasted.com slash start here.
Yeah, I think about the old Henry Blackerby study, experiencing God and how God speaks to us and how he leads us, right? Through God's word, mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit, through That's our right. circumstances and through other godly people. You know, I know we've mentioned that quite a bit on the podcast uh, as we're helping people to kind of discern through God's will. But, you know, that's that's what you bring that you bring up. So there's so many different factors that play into discerning that. Um, but really, it all of it has to be tethered through this understanding of God's word mm-hmm. and the character and nature of God, that he's a loving father that wants good. Th- he's not He's not ready to strike us down when all mm-hmm. of a sudden we make one mistake that might deviate off, right? I've heard um, Crawford Loritz, who's a pastor in Atlanta, say, no mortal man can steal from you what God has destined for you, mm, right? That's that, great. Yeah, so that, and often we're kind of going, we're looking around at other people and what they're doing. And so we're, we're starting to pr- um, try to superimpose what they're doing into what we're supposed to do. Or if they end up doing this thing, then there's no room for us to do or whatever, right? There's all these different questions that it comes down to us kind of looking side to side rather than putting our hand to the plow and doing what Elizabeth Elliot says, just do the next thing. Right. And Jesus said, he that puts his hand to the plow that looks back is not fit for the kingdom. You know, and today maybe we have some people that are looking back. We have a lot of people who are also looking mm-hmm. side to side. That's right. You know, it makes me think, Davey, of the story of Joseph. Yeah. Um, he yeah, what a great was example hated, <laughs> hated yes. by his brothers for being faithful to God. Granted, he probably shouldn't have been sharing his dreams the way That's that he true. did. That's true. He might have been a little, little naive, a little prideful. He was on his high horse a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but what a series of unfortunate events for him. Oh, man. He ends up in a literal pit in jail in Egypt. And yet, what did he do? He just said, yes, Lord, to the next thing. Mm. I'll interpret these two guys' dreams. I don't even really know them. I'll be faithful to do that. Um, sure, I'll go to Pharaoh and interpret his dream. And, and God was leading him the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think the hard thing for us is sometimes... Um, by nature and and because of the way that the world interprets things, we like hardship and this idea of our purpose to be kind of tied up with a neat bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But really God is calling us to walk by faith. That's it. And not by sight. And so mm-hmm. even if your story <laughs> never gets tied up yeah. in a neat bow, yeah. which is many of our stories in this life. That's right. I think two things are true. One is God is still trustworthy. Mm. And that's the nature of walking by faith and not by sight, right? Is is God, I'm gonna, again, Elizabeth Elliot, I'm gonna trust you based on who you are mm. and not what I can understand. Mm. That's hard. So good. That's and only so the good. spirit can give us that faith. And then two, it just, it makes glory more beautiful mm. because the day is coming when Jesus is, is coming back. That's right. And we will finally see him and mm. then everything will be tied up in a neat bow. Mm. Mm. And I don't know, will it all make sense to us in the particulars? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. But will our souls be at rest? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, we'll, so just, we'll worship. We'll just be so thankful. Man, this light and momentary affliction is achieving right. for us an eternal weight of glory that far right. outweighs the former. It doesn't feel light and momentary at the time. It doesn't feel light and momentary right now when we're in the... The already not yet that in between type type season, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't feel that if it feels heavy now, think about how heavy that weight of glory is going to feel. Right, the opposite right. of that. Think about it. that's what it says in comparison to the weight of glory, this eternal weight of glory that we're going to experience. 
everything feels light and momentary right now. It's a mist, mm-hmm. it's a vapor. You know, I'm the kind of person, Kristen, that loves to plan things. And so I get kind of a vision. I think one of the one of the um, upsides of, a, you know, a gifting or personality that God has given me is I'm a visionary. So I see things before people see it, but it can also cause me to be paralyzed. You know, if I'm going to contrast it with what you're saying with Elizabeth Elliot, just do the next thing. And recently God has my wife and I in a season where we're like, he's calling us to something so big and these things that are so daunting and intimidating that it's like, I can't, I can't come up with the scope of this. Like I can't mm-hmm. sit here and architect this thing and then go, okay, well, what's, what's the steps from A to Z as much as I want to? I literally have to go pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day, take one step. Here's the next thing. I don't know what this right. is going to lead to, but as we're doing that, it's so amazing. As we're doing that, we're watching God open the next door and then open the next door or connect us, to, connect us to this person who helps us with this thing. And it becomes a little bit more like an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. We just said mm-hmm. this the other day. We're like, this is pretty exciting. It's very unnerving, but it's kind of exciting that we can't really see a few steps ahead of us. We can only see the next thing to do. And when we do that, we watch God show up in really profound ways. Mm, I love that. Our senior pastor just finished a preaching series on faith and growing mm. in faith. And he said something to the effect of, if you want to grow in faith, use the faith that you have Mm. and watch God give you more. Mm. But he's not gonna give you more unless you use the faith that you have, right? And so whether that's like you you and Christy stepping out and and watching him do, um, you know, things through your obedience or perhaps there's a listener who's, um, God is calling them to do something that yeah. you know is fearful. <laughs> um, yep. I think we just have to trust Him for the next thing. Yeah. True. Use the faith that we have, and He will give you what you need for tomorrow. It's daily manna too. That's right. right. That's right. Daily grace. Yeah. Everywhere in Scripture we see that just kind of this daily step by step thing, and yet for some reason we just want to put a big old plan around the whole thing and and ask mm-hmm. God to come along on our plans. He's like, yeah. Let's try this a different way. You're gonna yeah. feel you're gonna feel more fulfilled and more blessed if we do it the other way. That's right. You know, a lot of your story is, um, you know, and a lot of your journey as you've been following the Lord has been through this kind of this chronic pain and discerning through some of that stuff and experiencing and having to you know suffer through. There's so many people who are listening to this and they're experiencing the same thing. I've had lots of people. I just I told you earlier that. I'd, uh, spoke at a church in Denver this past weekend. A guy came up and he's, I've been dealing with chronic pain for 25 years. I don't know what to do. And I didn't know what to tell him. I just, you know, put my hands on him and prayed for him, prayed for healing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm also like praying, Lord, I don't want you to short circuit what you're trying to do in him right now spiritually. There is quite the intersection of that where it's like, you're trying to, you're trying to step in faith while you're experiencing pain that, might not be resolved on this side of the earth. Why don't you talk a little bit about that for you and some of the things that God has been teaching you in that? Sure. Well, uh, the pain that I was experiencing while I was in New York City, um, unbeknownst to me, was Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease. And it wasn't until my husband and I got married uh, several months later that I was diagnosed by a Lyme literate physician. So not only were there several years of inexplicable uh, pains, many doctor's visits to specialists who all looked at my blood work and said, you seem like you're fine. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, 
are you telling me I'm crazy then? Because mm. I'm not fine. I know myself. Yeah. And what I'm experiencing is not normal. Mm. Um, so we found out it was Lyme disease. And uh, by God's grace and through the excellence of this, this team and this physician, um, I underwent about a year long, pretty vigorous treatment plan. Um, a kind of a multifaceted approach to, right. to treatment. Right. And um, a lot of my symptoms subsided, praise God. Wow. But I, you know, my heart is burdened for those who don't have that outcome. Yeah. And yeah. Um, to this day, I still have chronic pain resulting from nerve damage that mm. the Lyme caused. So it's still here. It's just a different That's type right. yeah. and different, you know, manifests itself in different parts of my body. Um, but man, it is it is hard to walk by faith. Yeah. When every day you're walking with heavy, <laughs> heavy weights That's right. and thorns in your flesh that don't go away. Man. Um so I, you know, what that what that gentleman was saying to you is so real. Mm. And I think the question is, you know, how, how is the joy of the Lord our strength mm. when we don't have any strength in ourselves, any joy in ourselves? Um, and I think it's just so helpful to know, at least it was for me, that there are so many people walking the same path yeah. as we are. Kristen, as you talk about chronic pain, you mentioned, I love that you mentioned this, that you're experiencing, you just kind of said this off the cuff, some thorns in your side, right? And and Paul talks about this, the thorn in his yeah. side that he's asked God to take away three times. And over and over, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. What are the things that, like, when it comes to, I mean, I'm sure this has taught you even and led you even deeper into a, a dependence on the Lord. Mm. Um, but, but I'm sure it also has created some seasons where you felt very defeated and discouraged and maybe even wanted to, to give up on that. How do, how do you battle through that? How do you wrestle through, especially going into it knowing like, I know God's wanting me to be dependent on him through this. I recognize what this is, but I just feel so discouraged. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. Um, well, the first thing I'll say is it's just so normal to feel that. Mm. Um, we not only see that all throughout scripture, accounts of people who were um, struggling not only with sufferings, but the sin in their own hearts. Yeah. We know the stories of, you know, the saints who have gone before us, people who have struggled through whatever it may be, whatever form of suffering, whether it's chronic pain or uh, grief, um, yeah. other forms of loss. Um, and so I think it's, the first thing I'll say is I think it's really helpful when you feel like giving up to have people holding your arms up. You know, I think mm. about Moses yeah, and his family holding his arms up. And there have been times uh, when I have been physically incapable of doing certain things, mm -hmm. when I have been spiritually in a dark place. Mm. Um, you know, I think Martin Lloyd-Jones, the pastor from the 40s mm. call, calls it spiritual depression, you know, where you kind of feel like the clouds are just covering the sun yeah, and they just won't lift. 
and the joy of your salvation is 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 gone, or so it yeah. seems. Um, yeah. And I just think we need we need God's people to hold our arms up. Yeah. And by nature, dependence equals weakness, and I don't mm. want to be weak. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be like God. I would like to have no limits and provide everything that I need for myself. That's just our flesh. That's yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, but but the Lord is humbling us and mm-hmm. teaching us the joy of depending on Him. Yeah. And often that comes through uh, His body, His hands right. and feet. Um, so in seasons when I have felt very discouraged in body and in spirit, um, I think God has helped me to grow in asking for help. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. that help is in the form of physical help, I need you to come over and watch my kids while I take a nap. <laughs> right. Or vacuum my house. I mean, there was a time in my life, Davey, where I could not vacuum my own house. I was in so much pain. Praise God, I just vacuumed my house yesterday. Um, or whether it is, I need you to pray for me mm. because these clouds are not lifting. Mm. And I open scripture and the words just seem to bounce right off my heart, you know? Yeah. And I just can't, it brings tears to my eyes just talking about it. I just can't, yeah. I can't, I can't believe on my own right now. I need you to I need you to believe for me, you know? Yeah, that's right. And that's right. in my experience, God always lifts the clouds. And I want to be sensitive because I know that there are people listening who struggle with depression mm-hmm. and the clouds never seem to lift. And perhaps that's that's your thorn. Mm. Is is this is this constant sense of darkness? Um but the sun is always above the clouds. We just can't see it. Mm-hmm. It's always there though. Um, and so whether the whether the sun breaks through <laughs> on the day when we get to go be with the Lord or he returns, or it's sooner than that yeah. by his grace, um, I think it's just that do the next thing. It's just one day at a time. God, help me to hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on to me when I lose yeah. my grip on you. Because the reality is, we're not saving ourselves, right? Jesus right. is saving us. He's holding on to us. And he's, his grip is never gonna let go. Yeah. Um, he says, no one will snatch my sheep mm. out of my hand. No one. Um, but I think a huge part of that is giving ourselves to the body of Christ. Mm. It encourages people to be able to help you. And um, it will encourage your heart too. And then we'll also be able to help others. You know, hopefully we'll be there. We'll be on the giving end when someone comes to us and says, I need you to pray for me. I need you to come over and watch my kids or whatever it may be. Um, You know, I'm sure that you experienced that years back Yeah. when you needed it most. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just such a gift. It really is. Yeah. It really is. You know, I wonder if maybe you can speak to this too and flip the role a little bit. There are folks who are listening to this and they're going... I'm not currently experiencing something difficult, but I want to be there to support others who are. Um, in that season that you were afraid to ask for help, you know, you mentioned you're growing in your ability to ask for help, which that would probably be true of many of us. We're like, I don't really want to, I don't want to ask for help. I don't need, I, you know, we waffle on the, all of that. But um, in that season where you were growing in asking for help, what would you have wished somebody had done? Is there a time where you wish that 
someone had intuited like, okay, I think Kristen may need me to step in here or help out or, you know, cause I think a lot of people were going, I don't want to encroach. I don't totally. want to overstep, but like, how do I, how do I also, how do I help? Right. The more specific you can get, the better, I think. General offers for help, um, while they're well-intentioned, I, I believe, and, and kind, uh, I think it's a lot better to say, for example, I had a friend say after Lydia was born, my, my newest babe, hi, Kristen, um, I would love to come over and do one of three things for you. Here are your options. Hmm. <laughs> Laundry, um, watch your babes so that you can take a nap, hmm. or clean your house. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Not only did she offer yeah. something specific, but I have three options. It was amazing. Yeah. And I just loved that. I think it's helpful to almost not give That's people good. the option to opt out because they've, right, they're right. okay, they've got this. Right. <laughs> and obviously there will be circumstances where that's, <laughs> people say that and that's fine. Um, but I just think it's such a gift to come to someone with a specific offer. That's good. I would love to bring you some food this week. Is there a day that works best? Yeah. I'll bring it at five o'clock, you yeah. know? Right. Um, that's what I would say. Is I think that's just such a gift. Takeout place that you love. Like what yeah, you know, I mean, even just here's three options. I can get Chinese, I can get pizza, I can get, you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I love that I've never heard that options thing. That's brilliant though, to be honest with you, because oh, it really just puts it does give it doesn't rob agency from the person who's suffering. And yet it also doesn't require them to think that much. They're like, okay, well, yeah, that right there, you know, because we're all when we find ourselves in those spaces, whether it's due to loss or whether it's due to chronic pain or whether it's whatever it is, we we don't have the mental emotional capacity to make decisions the way that we did at one point. Mm. And so I think that's really important to make as much of the decision for them without robbing their agency. Because there are times where people come in and they think they're helping, they're doing something. You're like, that's not that's actually not helpful. Thank you. That's <laughs> actually undoing a lot of stuff right now that I'm going to have to go back and do later. And um, that's that's really good. I hope everybody's heard. I hope everybody heard that. Uh, give options. What a what mm. a great what a great solution for that. I yeah, that. it's blessed us a lot. Another thing that that will bless people is if you pray for them right then and there. Yeah, that's so good. I love the intentional. I will pray for you. How can I pray for you? But mm. if I'm honest, I often forget. <laughs> right. And right. so. Um, just pray right then and there for the person you're interacting with. You can right. leave a voice, you know, recorded voice text prayer. Um, you can type it out on your phone if it's a text message. Yeah. Um, call them in real time, pray for them. Or if you're with them in person, just pray for them. It's great. And that way you bless them just yeah. right then and there. You don't forget. Um, and they they know that you're loving them in that way. Yeah, that's really good. You know, on, uh, on the same note, when someone comes to your mind, it's it's probably, if you just lean into that, it's probably the Lord bringing them to your mind. Yes. And so one of the best things you that you can do is fire off a text right there. Hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but I'm just praying for you. Or like what you said, leave a voice memo of prayer over that person. I found that in my life that that people do that for me in moments where I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm just desperate. I need something. Mm-hmm. And that just gives you a little boost of encouragement. It gives you that little bit of like, okay, God, you see me. You're like, 
And there's something so invigorating about that when you tangibly feel the fact that God is, he sees you Mm -hmm. and he's using somebody else to communicate that to you. It's very special. So you be that for somebody, right? Right, right. Yeah, and use use your scripture reading too. I think sometimes we get stuck with our prayer life. We're kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm just repeating myself over and over again. Um, A great book that I'll recommend to the listeners is Praying the Bible by Mm. Dr. Don Whitney. And in in a sense, I've been praying the Bible for years. And so honestly, when I picked up the book, I was like, do I really need to read this book? I've been praying the Bible for years. It was awesome. It's short, Mm. so it's a really quick read. But he basically says, when you're reading a section of scripture— Um, Again, freedom, whatever comes to your mind when you are reading a verse, pray about that. Mm. So if you're, (laughs) he gave an example. If you read the verse, oh Lord, if you should mark iniquities, oh Lord, who could stand? And you think of your coworker, Mark, because you see that (laughs) word Mark. (laughs) Pray for Mark, you know? I just think, you know, use scripture as as a springboard for prayer too. Um, Hmm. I think that'll bless, that'll bless people as well. Hey friends, I'm curious, has Nothing Is Wasted as a ministry had an impact on your Pain to Purpose story? Whether it be from the encouragement you've received from this podcast or going through the Pain to Purpose course or the 42-day devotional or being a part of the Nothing Is Wasted community, we want to hear how Nothing Is Wasted and the resources we have to offer have directly impacted your life. We know so many of you have seen God work through the stories you've heard on this podcast or through your local church's Pain to Purpose course that you've been a part of. And we want to hear how nothing is wasted has been a part of God's healing and redemptive plan in your life. Now, I know God isn't done yet. And I know from personal experience, He is often healing us and stepping into our pain in a thousand different ways. And oftentimes He uses everything from the podcast we listen to, to the courses we sign up for, to the people in our life and more. So we want to ask you a favor. Would you share those stories with us? We would love to start collecting your experience on how we have been able to partner with you as you have partnered with God to take back your story. So do us a massive favor. Again, share those with us. Share with us what God has done in your story through Nothing Is Wasted by doing this. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash stories. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash stories. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be right here at YouTube if you're watching YouTube. There you're going to find instructions on how to submit your story and all the details for recording the ways that God has used Nothing Is Wasted to move you from pain into a newfound healing and purpose. You can also experience all the other story submissions right there at nothingiswasted.com slash stories. So watch those, be blessed by those, and then submit your story. Please, we would love to hear from you on how God is using this ministry to impact your life. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. Again, go to nothingiswasted.com slash stories. Let us know how Nothing Is Wasted has impacted your healing journey. Nothingiswasted.com slash stories. I think there's an element, and I'll say this, and I want us to talk a little bit about something else that you really dive into in, in your writing, but there's an element which I've been preaching a lot on prayer recently. Just it's been something that's very much on my mind. And mm-hmm. there's so much prayer that is me centered. That's a God help me, provide me, you know, and, and, and those are wonderful things, right? Jesus said, you don't have because you don't ask and talks about the incessant widow. And absolutely, we should present our requests to the Lord, right? You know, don't be anxious for anything. So 100%, there should be prayers where you're asking on your own behalf. 
But something shifts when you start interceding for others. Mm. Like something shifts in your perspective when you start praying for other people in their pain and in their plight. And then, you know, it almost causes you to begin to feel a sense of gratitude Mm. for what's going on in your own life. And it takes the focus off of yourself. You stop navel gazing. Mm. You begin fixing your eyes more on Jesus and what he does for others. And I don't know, there's just, I've found that personally too, Mm. that um, my prayers can tend to be more self-centered and results oriented rather than others centered and really asking God to do something in their life. So, all right. So you talk quite a bit about fear in your writing, particularly the convergence of some of these things, chronic pain, parenting, right. motherhood. Um, I think it's a really important topic. I see fear as an underlying theme in so many people's lives, kind of this low hum of fear that that's suspended in a, in a lot of our thoughts. Why? Why is that such a, why is that something that has been so um, near and dear to your own heart mm-hmm. to talk about? And and why, how does that have? How does that converge with your journey through chronic pain and and parenthood? Well, for many years, uh, my Lyme literate physician told us to not pursue having kids because I was mm. really ill, and Lyme disease can be passed gestationally which I did wow. not know. I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah. And um, so he said, we really we really need to get your body working again before you even think about that, which was hard because we were newly married yeah. and right. um, desired to have a family. And so the, the initial thought was, what if we never have kids? Mm. You know, what if, what if I can't? What if my immune system is so shot that I just can't? Or, um, you know, infertility is quite common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that was, I, I believe, where it started was just the sense of um, the effects of the suffering, the effects of the chronic pain. And I think once you've experienced a hard road like that, um, you do kind of wonder, like, when's the next shoe going to drop? Yeah. And so there's just fear that comes with that too. Mm-hmm. Well, by God's grace, we got my immune system to a place that the doctor said, "Yeah, you're in the clear. Mm-hmm. You guys can go ahead and try." And and my sweet Joanna Grace was born, and um, she was clear of Lyme, which was such a mm. such a gift because we had gotten my body in a, in a good place. But then, as you know, Davy, <laughs> you have kids, or you're pregnant with a child, and you have zero control. Right. And suddenly, right. you're afraid about this little life inside of you. Right. And um, will everything be okay? Mm. And so I think that that you know, kids were what really got me fearful and thinking a lot about fear. Mm. And so for my own heart, I just started looking at some of the promises of God in scripture Mm -hmm. that seemed to directly address some of these fears that I was having. Um, And so I think I wrote an article about it just to get my thoughts. Writing just helps me to think. So I was just getting my thoughts down in an article um, and I just realized, I'm like, maybe maybe this is actually a book. Maybe I actually need to dive more deeply into some of these truths about who yeah. God is. Because yeah. ultimately, my fears won't be removed because the circumstance is removed. That's right. That's never a guarantee. God doesn't promise us that. Right. Um, 
ultimately my fears will be will be lessened as a greater fear is put in their place. Mm, and the Bible calls that the fear of the Lord. So it was really just a study on so um, what is the fear of the Lord and and why do we fear him? Who does God say that he is that makes him worthy of our fear? And we're not talking about a terror fear here. Yeah. Um, Adam and Eve knew terror fear when they right. rebelled against God and what was their response it was hide. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm afraid of God because he's holy and I'm so clearly not. Right. We're talking about love fear. We're talking about worship, mm. admiration of who God is, awe that that does tremble before him. Right. Um, but it's a safe trembling yeah. because we know that we're his. So that's what the fear of the Lord is. It's worshiping him with with the reverence that his glory deserves. Mm. Um and so that's how that's how that kind of came about, and and to this day I still struggle with it. I mean, I don't I don't think right, our fears right. in this life will be removed until we're in heaven. Right. Frankly, I don't think that there is such a thing as being fearless. Exactly. On this side of heaven, yeah. I think that's why Scripture reminds us over and over and over and over to fear not. Right. Absolutely. It's, it, we have he the Lord knows that we need that reminder because mm-hmm. our human finite perspective often results in fear and right. every variant thereof, right? Anxiety, um, even anger. A lot of times anger is just a manifestation of a deeper rooted fear of uh, circumstances or being vulnerable or right. things like that. So, And yet I just love the promises of scripture. Like you said, he has not given us a spirit of fear, mm. but what what has he given us? He's given us a spirit of, love of power right and of sound mind and um and so man yeah i you know there are probably people who are listening to this and they're experiencing some kind of season of suffering and they're they're afraid um of that particular season or you know for me kristen i felt like okay i know what it feels like to walk through the the most unimaginable uh, most unimaginable thing that you could walk through the most unimaginable loss i'm afraid that that could happen again right. how do i t- how do i tether myself i mean i know that fear of god but like what practically what do i begin to do to really lean into that fear of god mhm well we can't fear the lord unless we know who he is right and mm. we know who he is through him telling us who he is yeah and so um you know, I think a lot of us, a lot of us have been in the Word for a very long time, if not our whole lives. If we were raised in, you know, a home where yeah. our parents valued the Bible, and so it's easy to kind of forget what it is, right, right? right? So we have, we have the God of the universe, the holy God of the universe, communicating with us. He mm. wants to talk to us, and he does it in a book. Yeah. What? You know, it's just kind of astounding when you think about that. And we have access to this book. So many Christians in other countries do not. Their freedoms have been taken away. And so how do we know who God is? Is we let him tell us. You know, we we open our Bibles and you know, the more time I spend with my husband talking to him, asking questions, um, responding back to him the more I know him, mm-hmm. the better I love him. It would be kind of weird if we just kind of coexisted in this yeah. house. That would not be yeah. good, right? We would say that's an unhealthy marriage. Right. 
well, we can't we can't grow in our knowledge of who God is if we're not walking with Him, right? Yeah. If we're not hearing Him speak, if we're not communicating with Him and hearing Him talk to us. So I would say that's, I mean, that's key is, yeah. do we know our Bibles? Do we love our Bibles? And the answer to that some days for me is no. Mm. And I just have to pray that God will give me love for His Word. Yeah. Because that's a supernatural doing. That is a yeah. miracle. To Absolutely. love God's Word is a miracle. Yep. Um, to see what He wants us to see in His Word mm. is a miracle that has to come from His Spirit. So I think just asking Him for that, you know, Lord, I mean, I've been struggling this week with fear mm. and just saying, I can't make it go away on my own. My thoughts are running a mile a minute about things that could happen. So I need you to saturate my thoughts with <laughs> yeah. something better. Yeah. Um, dwelling also on hypothetical situations, mm. which is hard when stuff's happened yeah. to you right. already, whether That's it's right. you have lost a loved one in a tragic circumstance or you've gone through chronic pain, you know what's possible. Right. But I also think, my husband reminds me of this all the time. I also think it's helpful to just remember that hasn't happened. Yeah. And I think we're just so quick to start creating hypothetical situations in our heads. Yeah. And just to ask God, please just keep me present. <laughs> please keep me present. Um, I think some of our fears come from um, very real situations, mm -hmm. but we're worried about the future. Yeah. Um, and so I think we validate what's happening. This is actually happening. And this is a fearful thing. Yeah. But God isn't asking you to, um, to, to have what you need to walk through tomorrow right now, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, again, just do the next thing, right? Yeah. So Lord, I need you to supply for my fear and for my circumstance yeah. right now. And um, I think so much of our fear just comes from worrying about taking on tomorrow's burdens tomorrow. today. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what Jesus said in Matthew right. 6. You know, he said tomorrow's got enough worries for itself, you know. Let's right. let's just remember today. Mm -hmm. And there are flowers of the field that are mm -hmm. adorned even greater than Solomon in all of his splendor. And birds of the air that have everything they need for today. So your heavenly Father is going to provide you with mm -hmm. everything you need for today. That's right. Yeah, and Jesus actually says, and worry isn't productive. It actually, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's actually added any data things. to their life. We had a conversation with my kids on the way to school. We were talking about fear, worry, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. And using that verse, I said, how, how many, have you, you know, I asked them, I was like, can you add any days to your life? You know, and they're like, no, I don't think so. I said, actually, studies would show it. You, you probably take days from your life by worrying about these things. And none of the... 99% of these things are never going to happen. Right. You know, we've got one yeah. child who is very fearful. And then we have one who we're like, I wish you had a little bit more fear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's always but, one. Yeah, it's so fun. It's so fun. Kristen, this has been an incredible conversation. I want to make sure everybody gets connected with the your writing, with what you guys are doing and how you're ministering to others. Cause I know that this has really been a, out of a place where God has comforted you and you're turning around to comfort other people as well. Like mm -hmm. you said, God's given you such a burden for folks who are 
continue to experience suffering and they're kind of in this place of quiet desperation. And, um, and so we've, okay, we'll put all of these links where you can pick up uh, the books that Kristen's written and co-authored um, right there on the show notes and, and on the podcast page. Let me just review them real quick. Humble Moms, How the Work of Christ Sustains the Work of Motherhood. And then Fight Your Fears, Trusting God's Character and Promises When You Are Afraid. And then she co-authored Hope When It Hurts, Biblical Reflections to Help You Grasp God's Purpose in Your Suffering. Uh, and you've done several other writing things as well. So um, there's more than just your your mom and your sister that are reading the blog now. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Now you're writing a lot of great oh. stuff. And so we want to make sure that people will get connected to that. How else can people get connected to you? Yeah, I'm not I'm not hugely on Instagram, but I am there, so they can find me on Instagram. Um, I try and pop in every so often when <laughs> um, my kids don't don't need me. Oh, um, but my website is probably the best place, kristenweatherall.com. Okay, that's great. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us and sharing vulnerably with us. We appreciate it. I know you minister to my heart, mm. minister to our entire community. So thank you, Kristen. Wow, well, praise God. It's been a privilege. Well, once again, another powerful conversation. I appreciated. I appreciated as a mom who, like I said, has chronic autoimmune disease and chronic pain. Just hearing somebody else talking about this, especially in parenting, you're uh, you're going through some pain right now, Eric. I am. Yeah, I threw my back out again last week and have some pretty bad sciatic nerve pain. Uh. So. Uh, I think what's yeah. interesting, not that you're in pain, I'm sorry that you're in pain, <laughs> but, um, you know, especially for our listeners here at Nothing Is Wasted, so many people have some chronic version of pain, right? Physical pain is what we're typically talking about when we talk about chronic pain, but I think in grief, it can cause your body to react in all kinds of ways and just that ongoing mm-hmm. reality of physical pain and grief and then having to live your life and take care of other people. I... I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I know you're working on a new book on weakness. And I feel like that yeah. sort of weakness, dependence, knowing our limitedness in our pain, this is all connected. So can you speak to this a little bit, Eric? Yeah. So I've been I've been writing this book. Uh, it'll come out sometime next year, 2024. Not sure when. Yeah. Uh, on, on weakness. And it's really, um, I'm calling it a biblical theology of weakness, where mm. what I'm trying to do is walk through the Bible the storyline of the Bible from every stage, from creation to new creation, mm. uh, looking at where weakness shows up. And it's about halfway written. I'm about ready to write the chapters on Jesus. And I have just been stunned as I've overviewed the Old Testament storyline to see where basically at every turn in the story, the people that God is choosing and using are those who are the weakest in the eyes of the world. And if you think about the number of times that the matriarchs in the Bible are barren, Mm -hmm. um, Hmm. or the number of times where a character decides, I'm going to accomplish what God has promised Mm -hmm. through the power of my flesh. Mm -hmm. And God's like, no. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's evident the whole way through that God, God, gives us weakness as a good gift Mm. because that's the place where he perfects his strength. Mm. And so 
good, Eric. Weakness isn't something to just tolerate. It's something for us to embrace and say, this is where God's going to show up. Do you think, because I, I feel like in at least some Christian circles, weakness, we may not say this, but I think there's some subtext that weakness is almost sin. Yeah. Even though we all know we're weak. Like, God, you be strong in my weakness. Like, we're very aware of that. We quote that scripture, but I still think there's something in us that's like, I shouldn't be weak. I should know better. I should be yes. stronger. I should. Oh, what is that? Is that is that just sin? The fact that we can't even accept weakness, or what is that? Is that our sort of power culture in the states? Like, have you? Th- I think it's part of our bad weakness. Mm. You know, like there's good weakness and there's bad weakness, yeah. and our bad weakness is our moral weakness mm. that we want to be God. Yeah, and so. We know it's right theologically to like rejoice and celebrate and say, God is strong and he's sovereign right. and he's mighty right. and he's powerful. Right. But then we make it wrong to speak about how weak mm. we are. And when someone comes along with their weakness, there's so there's so many times where it's it's almost shamed. Yeah. Like you shouldn't talk about your weakness right. because then you're focusing on yourself right. and you're navel gazing and and it's sort of romantic to be like, yeah, if you have something big and tragic happen, we'll do a meal train and we'll care for you. <laughs> right. But two weeks later, mm. you better be strong again. Yeah. True. And because we got life to move on right. with. True. And I think that's why Paul says, mm. carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Um, those burdens can last a lifetime. I'm so glad that you're writing about this. And going back to Kristen, I know, so in, let's see, 2015, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease that impacts my joints. And so my body basically thinks my joints are enemies. And and there were years, and so my body attacks my joints is what I was saying. But mm-hmm. there were years when I like, could not get off the couch. Kevin was carrying me up and down the stairs. I could not hold a coffee cup. I could not put deodorant on because taking off the lid was too painful. I could not open doors. Mm. And that um, season of like, I I have nothing to bring to the table, right? Like suddenly I'm not the wife or mom or pastor or writer or speaker that I thought I was going to be like, I have nothing to bring to the table. I can't even necessarily like verbalize prayer right now. Cause I'm in so much pain. Is that okay? Like it, I was asking questions of who am I, but also like, does God accept me in this? And what a weird, what a weird, like you're talking about the gift of weakness. I hated that season and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful to be out of it simultaneously what a what a deeply forming season that was for me to know that like I am God's deeply loved daughter. Hmm. Period. Yeah. Whether I'm laying on the couch and can't move or whether I'm up on a stage, like I am loved. Yeah. And that season was a gift. I mean, it was a gift of God's presence, it was a gift of God's intimacy, and it was a gift of like I don't have to be doing anything in order to experience intimacy with my father and to grow in Christ and mm. experience his love. And what a weird, it's a bizarre thing that I feel like only God can do that in people's weakness, yeah. right? And I love what you just mentioned about how those seasons have taught you 
spiritual lessons. And I, I think one of the things I keep, I'm doing a master's right now in counseling mm. and, and the more I study mental health and like the way our minds and our bodies, like we're mental, spiritual, physical beings, mm. and those three are intertwined and they're not separated ever. Wow. And, um, and I think it's hard for us to see how when someone is down like that, where you can't take the top off the deodorant, right. like what that can do to your spiritual life mm-hmm. is, um, I just I was just rereading uh, Dave Furman's book, Being There, mm-hmm. and he has a, it's on how to care for people who are suffering, but he has a nerve disorder where it's similar. He can't do anything with his hands. Ooh. And... Um, and and uh, he was recounting at one time, his wife was putting his kids in the car and then opened the door for him and he got in and she buckled his seatbelt and she's loading all the bags in the stroller. And these women at a park bench start like heckling her about how her lazy husband should be, Come on. you know, helping. And, and she responded, you know, gently, you know, <laughs> oh, he's did. disabled. Yeah. But... She but didn't to give think him about the finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's too kind for that. Wow. Uh, but I was just thinking, like, for both of them, just mm. it's beyond this physical suffering. There's this social and wow. and then th- what does that do to you spiritually? Like, am I a spiritual failure because right. my wife has to buckle right. me into my car right. seat? Like, right. it's yeah, yeah. I I'm no longer industrious or whatever. So am I? If- Am I a spiritual failure? And we know the answer is no, but then to have the Holy Spirit actually like internalize that for us is, I think, some of the good work in time that God does through our our chronic pain when we let him. Well, Paul says, you know, that the the cross is, Mm. you know, the weakness of God by which he puts to shame. You know, the, the, the supreme display of God's glory and God's power is when Jesus is physically pinned down mm. and can't do anything mm. but die. Wow. That's powerful. Think about that. That's Jesus too that Paul's mm-hmm. talking about. Oh, it's such a good word. Well, if you're, you know, suffering with your own chronic pain or just some sense of weakness, we would love to walk beside you. We have resources available for you. Um, we have coaches, we have content, we have courses, we have uh, more podcast uh, material. We have so much stuff for you available at nothingiswasted.com slash community. We have our community platform. We also have our community plus platform where we have all sorts of exclusive content for you. Again, that's at nothingiswasted.com slash community. It's really our passion to to partner with you to take back your story when you when you feel like pain is taking over. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can download and stream his music wherever it is you do that. You can follow and engage with us on Instagram at Nothing is Wasted Ministries at EM Shoemaker. But Eric, you got to spell it for the people. E-M-S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R. Shoemaker spelled like Schumacher. E-M Shoemaker. And you can engage with me at Obsamp. We'd love also to invite you to review, like, and subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube. By doing so, you help others find these incredible stories of pain to purpose and so much more. Next week, we are joined by Kia Stevens. She's the founder of Entrusted Women, which she created to equip Christian women communicators of color. She is awesome. You are going to love Davy's conversation with her. We'll show you a clip of that now. 
I sheepishly raise my right hand only to discover that there's a sea of hands in in the front, Mm. on the side, on the back. And then when I look to the left, my mother's hand is raised also. And we're believers. These are the believers. This is the body of Christ. And we're— right. Right. Collectively saying, I never heard my biological father say, I love you. And so I, I think yeah. it illustrates how much fathers need to lean in. But mm. I don't want to leave people there because some people will be saying, well, good luck with that. My dad's not ever going to lean in or my father's still an alcoholic or he's still living with the woman that he left my mother for. Or he's he's mm. he's or he's just a workaholic. He's just not keyed in. He's not a believer. He's not thinking about it. He doesn't care. He doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. Or he's from a generation that says what fathers need to do is provide for their family. And if I have provided for my family, then I've done a good job. What's the big deal? If there are listeners, women or men, but specifically my book is for women, that that is your reality. There's still hope. Because God, our Heavenly Father, is able to fill the Father-shaped vacuum that's in our soul. And and I'm saying that this as a person who has experienced it firsthand uh, Mm -hmm. over time. And I've had people ask me questions of, well, like, how? How is— how is this invisible God going to be a father to the fatherless? And how is he going to fill that vacuum? I've had women tell me it can't be done. What you're saying is ludicrous. Your father, mm. a heavenly father can't take you on a on a daddy-daughter date night. He can't sit and talk to you about the male gender. He can't take you fishing. He can't do all those things. And for me, I had to... Um, divorce myself from this box that I was trying Mm. to drop God the Father in. And I I did that begrudgingly. I was angry with God for years, Mm. for years. I talked to people about my anger. I was still going to church, but I was Mm. mad. I was just mad. I I just did not understand why God would allow that. And this, this, this is the question that everyone asks. How can a good God allow this? 